Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes of your healthy, wonderful life are inspired by moral argument and a really bored student. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. Years ago, when Obama was still president, he pushed through his key key piece of legislation, Obamacare, right? And it was the uh, the Affordable Care Act. And it was designed to allow people, it was designed to do a lot of things. But one of the key things was that it was designed to stop insurance companies from kicking people off of insurance when they got sick, which was something that, something that happened. If you hadn't disclosed something, there were all these loopholes in insurance. And I don't know, I don't know a ton about it, but I do know obviously that, that was one of the major pieces because I remember thinking, gosh, this is so great. My mom had worked in a, as an accountant for Aetna Health Plan when I was a when I was a kid, and she would tell me stories about people reaching their limit of limit of insurance. So the insurance company at the time had a number that that people people could be insured towards. So, for instance, somebody had a number of procedures, perhaps they had a real bad illness like cancer or something, and they got up to about $500,000 worth of care, right, $500,000 worth of hospital bills, and the insurance company just dropped them. And my mom thought this was a terrible thing. No, I'm not saying every insurance company did this, but this is something that, that my mom had reported that Aetna did, and I remember thinking, gosh, that's really terrible. And it became a real problem. I mean, health, health insurance dropping people when they need it the most, that's, that's a big issue. And I had a good friend who had had some illness in his family, and I thought he would be very happy about this. But it turns out that he was really, really against it. And, and he caught me one day. He said, look, you, you know, I saw that I had posted something on Facebook back when I was on social media. And he said, I saw that you posted this thing, but you have to understand, it's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. I was like, what? What are you talking about? He said, look, this is what it is. Imagine that I'm walking through the desert and I see somebody struggling, right? They're, they're dehydrated. They don't have food. They don't have water and, and they're not going to make it. That'd be a really bad thing. It's like, yeah, of course, of course it'd be a really bad thing. He said, okay, well, look, if I want to give them some of my water, right? If I have water, if I want to give it to them and I feel good about giving it to them, then that's not a bad thing, right? It's like, yeah, that's a stupid question. Of course, give them your water. Good for you. He says, right. I'm inclined to help them. So I feel good about it. They feel good that somebody helped them. Everybody wins. I said, fine, that's, that's not that complex. He said, okay, now look, imagine I come upon somebody in the desert and I see them struggling. I see them starving. I see them thirsty. And out of nowhere, somebody pops up and holds a gun to my head and says, give them your water. And I was like, okay, that's stupid. He said, yes, I know, but think about it. All of a sudden, if this is the case, all of a sudden, I'm not giving, excuse me, I'm not given a chance to help this person on my own. I'm being forced to help them. Now, when I leave that exchange, I give them my water, I give them my food, they're fine. When I leave that exchange, do I feel good about what I've done? No, because I was forced to do it. I didn't even have a chance to do it myself. Are they thankful to me? Are they thankful for my gift? No, they're not thankful for my gift. They know I was forced to do it. And what's left in their head is, would this person have done it? Were they not forced to do it? So they have no feelings of obligation towards gratitude. 
that's what this is. And I thought about it. I'm like, okay, maybe he said, yeah, look, the government forces us to give their tax money, give, uh, give them our tax dollars, and they're going to do this thing for other people. And it's not bad to help people. And this is what he was saying, because I was kind of looking at him funny. He's like, look, it's not bad to help people. It's great to help people. But you have to give people the opportunity to help each other first, right? You have to give them the opportunity to do it on their own and find love of giving and love of helping. And, and I listened to him and I thought, you know what? You might have a point. Now, look, I'm not against... I'm not against taxes. I think uh, perhaps we could go round and round on how much we should be taxed. And perhaps you think or somebody close to you thinks, hey, look, we should we should all keep more of our money. Or maybe somebody close to you thinks we should all give more of our money. I have no idea. But that's not the point. The point is, in this moral kind of exercise, I do see what my good friend was saying. He was just saying, look, give people the opportunity because if you give them the opportunity to do something good, they will feel good about it. And the person receiving will feel good about it. And it's a different exchange. We have different feelings about what happened. And we can all grow as people. The way it's set up right now, nobody has a chance. And, and I think, again, he has a point. There were large, uh, large campaigns on GoFundMe. Right, and there still are to this day. My wife, just a couple months ago, was was donating money towards this person's um, health bills, and there there were issues going on with this family that that she found out about, and she felt very compelled to help, and she Venmoed him, I think, like a hundred dollars, and and I had no problem with that at all. I said, look, I don't know about them like you do. If you feel good about this, let's do it. Let's support them, and she did, and and she was very happy, obviously, to do it, and happy that I was on board, and and we both felt good about it, but. I thought about my friend and thought, gosh, if somebody had showed up at our door with a gun and said, give me $100 for this family, it would have been a completely different experience. Now, we're in a very similar situation, not with health care, not with taxation, but with education. And a lot of young people are getting an enormous taste of this because what people are realizing is being locked in their houses is not that great. Being without intellectual stimulation is actually not that great. There are a lot of people, or at least some people, that maybe don't love school that much and, and given all of this freedom are happy about it. At least one student has said that, you know, my days are fine. He, he says, I hang out, I work out, whatever. But the vast majority of my students are freaking out because what they're, what they're realizing is it's not that they don't love school. It's not that they don't love education. They have just never been given the option to go to school. They've never been given the option to imagine Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday in mid-March without having to go to school. And now that they're in it, they're really, really displeased. They're realizing, oh my gosh, I would elect to do this. I would elect to go to school. I want, I want to learn. I can't take this. And again, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. 
the students are realizing that it's not that they dislike the education. It's that they were forced to do it. And forcing somebody to do something creates a distinctly different experience than if you just allow them to decide on their own. And I've seen this with, with students that are doing venture or, or some kind of self-regulated study. They have an enormous degree of gratification in their education. They may be reading the same books they would have been reading at, at the high school they were going to, but if given the opportunity to do it on their own, they're much happier. You see this as well with self-employed people. Self-employed people tend to work far longer hours than people who are employed by just a standard corporation. The difference is they're electing to work. They decide to get up early. They decide to stay up late, and they love it. They love the mastery. They love the autonomy. And for the students that are experiencing this, experiencing this frustration with the lack of school, I'm working with 16 and 17-year-olds. I'm working with juniors and, and people that are getting ready to go off to college. And I'm so thankful that they're having this experience because I listen to them complain and I give them space to, to air it out and just say, this, this is terrible. And then I remind them, it is. And that's why you want to go to college. Not a lot of people get the opportunity to really see their life without education before they're out of high school. A lot of times you might have somebody who's kind of on the edge of going to college and they don't quite know what it's like without school until they graduate. And then sometimes it's too late. They've already gotten a job. Maybe they've already moved out of the house. Maybe they're six months out of graduating. They're like, you know, college, college really might have been better. This is not that entertaining. Well, guess what? Those kids, right now they're getting a strong dose of that. Right now they're seeing what life would be like without school, without stimulation. And the vast majority of them don't like it. I think this unintentionally is going to drive more students to appreciate their education, to appreciate intellectual stimulation, to appreciate the opportunities that they're obviously going to have with school. And no matter what, this, this is a terrible experience that we're having for sure. No matter what, it's going to be remembered poorly. But I think people should at least realize right now, if you haven't thought of it yet, this is what life's like when you're not in school. You might be engaged doing something else. And, and not everybody needs to go to college. Fine. But for those of you that are miserable, you need to realize this is what it's like. If you enjoy learning, if you enjoy education, you better really remember that and not think, oh gosh, I have to go to college. You get to go to college. You get to extend your learning. You get to continue your education. And that's a wonderful thing. It's wonderful. And remember, it's not forced. Yes, going to school is mandatory, but you need to stop thinking of it that way. It's not forced. If given the opportunity, you would go to school. If given the opportunity, every single student I've worked with would rather be back in high school right now. So when we do go back, when we do get into junior year and senior year and then get ready for college, remember this time. Remember how miserable it was. 
And remember that even though you're being forced to attend school, even though it's mandatory, even if it wasn't, you would want to be there. So just remember that. And on that note, thanks for listening. Grot and crush it.